Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ball Pit. I know it had been quite a while. I believe it's been since June since I've last recorded an episode, but we're finally here back on the set here at College at Duquesne University. And today is a very special day for the Ball Pit because I finally have my co-host Demetrius here with me. Demetrius, how are you doing? Yo, yo, what's up? What's up? I'm excited. Let's do this. Let's roll on. All right. So our first episode today is going to be talking about week one of the college football season. College football is finally back. Football season in general is finally back. And Demetrius and I could not be more excited about it. The first storyline that we're really going to talk about today is how impressive the Pac-12 has been. They went undefeated through week zero and week one, which was the first time they've done that since 1932. And all five teams that were ranked in the Pac-12 did absolutely phenomenal, most notably with USC and Washington. What really stood out to you with those Pac-12 years? To me, it was really just Washington. I mean, when the game started, it was a little rough. I remember we were watching it and I was like, okay, what's going on? And then it's like something clicked with Penix. And then he started going off and doing Penix things. But when I look at it in the overall, it's like the last year of the Pac-12, this is... They're going out with a bang. Hopefully, we can see one, maybe even two of those teams make two to the playoff this year. Ohio State, got to talk about them a little bit. They looked a little troublesome in their first game against Indiana. They had they had a little bit of trouble moving the ball. Kyle McCord looked mediocre, mediocre at best in his first start. Threw an interception, didn't have that many yards. They looked like they were very cautious with how he was throwing the ball. I feel like they were giving him freedom. It was kind of like. For reference, the Steelers with Kenny Pickett's first right. year, they look like he was very hesitant. And you have good playmakers on that field. Marvin Harris Jr. Isaac McCann. That's what I'm saying. And I was like, they're not even throwing the ball down to him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, come on, just throw it up to him. You got a 50-50 chance. And if you looked at the stat lines, Indiana was having probably one of the worst offensive performances they've had in a very long time. And they were in that game up until halftime or up until the third quarter even. It was... Not a good look for Ohio State, but Ohio State always seems to do this. We've always known them as a second-half team, more primarily in an actual game, but it, it might just come at the end of the season as well because they struggled against Notre Dame, and then they made it all the way to the playoff at the end of the season. It happens every year. We overreact to Ohio State not starting well, and then they go and kick everybody's butt. So we're like, oh, wow. Right. It's just... They, they built, yeah, they built such a good atmosphere there that even when they struggle, they still win by 20 points. They, they just, they need to shake off the rustiness. Colorado. Now, this is probably the biggest headline oh. in college football right now. Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, coming in Colorado. 1-11 last year. Beat number 17 TCU their first game, and now they're ranked in the top box. And you know what? What shocked me more is just the comfortability that Shadur Sanders had playing quarterback. Right. I mean, it just looked natural. And and then I remember after the game, he was like, oh, FCS is no big difference from the FCS. And I was like, no way. But watching the game, I mean, he was not lying. He had complete confidence that game. 510 passing yards. It's a Ooh. school record for Colorado in his Colorado debut, which is just insane. Travis Hunter playing on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm taking insane amount of staffs. He had an interception. He had a over 100 yards receiving as well. He could have had well over 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns if he, if he was hit on those deep passes. The team has playmakers all over the field. Yeah, I mean, even the freshman running back, Dylan Edwards, was Dylan crazy. Edwards was looking good. The offensive line was keeping the pocket really clean for Shadir Sanders to be able to unleash that. That's why he had such a successful 
successful passing game against TCU. TCU or TCU. TCU looked good that game too. It was it was a little frustrating. They lost Duggan. They lost Quentin Johnston, both the draft, and they still produced 42 points, which isn't something to just nod off on. It's it was still a great, great offensive performance by TCU. Their defense just totally let them down, which it's well, something I will say both teams' defense looked a little bit. Travis Hunter was probably the only notable thing for Colorado's defense yeah. against against TCU. They did have that white boy back there too. I can't remember if he was playing linebacker or safety, but he was all over the place. Yeah. But TCU is known for their defensive struggles, obviously giving up sixty five points in the national championship game. Again, having a closely contested battle with Michigan in the semifinal, the defense just hasn't been able to show up show up in the the big stages and that's really seems like TCU's kryptonite right now. The Heisman race is going to be a one for the ages this year. Caleb Williams is looking to repeat, but I see you roll your eyes there. What's going, what's in your, what's in your mind? Popularity contest with that. It is. It's, it's very hard when you have someone as big as Caleb Williams. And we'll talk a little bit more about him going forward in this episode. But Mike Penix, we talked about him and Washington just absolutely overwhelming Boise State in their first game. Mike Penix looked, in my opinion, more confident than Caleb Williams. Natural friend. Right. Caleb Williams has more of the playmaker ability like we saw against Nevada. He was like shaking people, juking them out of their cleats and everything, yeah. running around the pocket. He has the ability to extend plays, but Mike Penix just looks like such a natural pocket passing quarterback. With it. It's yeah. motion every drop back. He knows exactly it's it, it looks perfect. It's it's a scout stream. So it's going to be difficult to see what the committee decides is the better quarterback. Because let's be real, this is probably just a quarterback award this year. Change what it's called, bro. unless Travis Hunter just goes absolutely insane. He's the one That's person a, I agree that I could see winning it just because of him playing on both sides. Of yeah, the ball. and I also had Marvin Harrison Jr. up there. Marvin the, Harrison Jr. After week one. At all, Philly. right? That, Their offense isn't explosive anymore. Yeah, that was the one thing I was worried about him. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. Not being a big Ohio State fan, I still love him as as a character and a player. But with a brand new quarterback coming into the season, it just doesn't look like it's going to happen for him. Even if he is a Heisman level talent, which is very unfortunate. Drew Aller looked absolutely incredible in his Penn State debut. He had three touchdowns. He had over three hundred yards. He showcased his arm strength on that Keandre Lambert Smith oh. touchdown. Stepped up in the pocket and just absolutely launched it. Remember that easy, easy touchdown for Penn State. Just visualize this, everybody. Me and Ben jumped out of our seats in front of all of our friends and deputy showed up and started screaming that we're winning the national championship. The man's hands were sweaty. He was stressing too. Oh my! Such a good game though. Penn State's run defense horrid. Needs some fixing up. If, if anybody remembers the Michigan game or even the Ohio State game, you know that if we don't stop the run, it's game over. And it yeah. looks exactly like the same run defense troubles that we had last yeah. year. So and that's the one thing that's going to be tough. We, we've talked at length now about Ohio State's struggles with a quarterback and with a wide receiver, but they still got Trevion Henderson, who was a phenomenal running. So if Penn State can't fix their run defense, they don't have a chance in the Big Ten. To get to get the championship, and that also eliminates the food CFP just because of how strong the Big Ten East is. 
Florida State proves that they are not a pretender. They're actually a contender. They absolutely embarrass LSU in the Camping World kickoff. 45 to 17 was the final score, I believe. LSU, man. Come on. Man. <laughs> we thought they we thought they would be the contender and FSU would be the pretender this year. But yes, we did. FSU totally flipped the script. Jordan Travis had five total touchdowns this game. Hey, dark horse for Heisman right there. Jordan Travis. Absolutely. Count me on it right now. He he looked he looked natural in his in his yeah. in his debut this season too. It was just amazing. Some impressive performances, obviously, Coach Prime and Colorado taking a 45-42 victory over TCU. Shador Sanders had 510 passing yards, as we mentioned before. A school record, you just don't see anybody come into their first game in a Power 5 conference and throw for 500 yards. Looked like he was there all four years. Exactly. It was, it was so natural for him. And people are just absolutely rioting that Colorado is so overrated. They don't have a very deep roster their coach prime knocked everybody out it, it's just not going to flow they looked like a unit they looked like a team during during their game they had i believe it was three receivers with over 100 sure. yards receiving i mean it wasn't just jordan travis getting 300 yards and he was the entire offense they split it up you mentioned their running back looked phenomenal too mm-hmm. they Split up the ball. They knew what they were doing. They came in with a great game plan and they beat TCU. Yeah. Jordan Travis, like you said, that Heisman campaign is hopefully going off to a good start. Caleb Williams and Mike Penix are going to be really hard to catch, but he might just have a chance if he can. I hope Penix wins it just for the sake of it. Just right. Do you really want to see a repeater call? Come, come on, man. So I'm going to ask you a question. Even if Penix doesn't win the Heisman, how high do you think he could get drafted this year? E. You know what? I think he falls mid-first round. Mid-first round? I don't think NFL scouts will look at him and be like, he's NFL ready. Even though towards us, you know, college ball, he's slinging it. It's perfect. I still feel like he's in that raw talent Mm -hmm. era or stage, I guess you would say. So I feel like mid-first round. Maybe a team that doesn't really need a quarterback, but at the same time, on the brink of it, I mean, look at the 49ers. Right. I mean, that would be a great team for him to call to. I just thought of that on the top of my head. Yeah, and it's it's kind of hard. We saw this with Malik Williams when he was getting drafted. He was absolutely tearing it up at Liberty. Everybody was like, this kid's pro-ready. He's going to be a star. Got drafted by the Titans and just did not look good at all. He started a couple games and just couldn't put together a good drive in the NFL. And it looks, Mike Penix has flashes of Malik Willis when he plays sometimes. And that's, that's what's really probably frightening to some NFL teams when they're, when they're trying to look for a draft. We also got to talk about the wide receiver Coleman on the Florida State Seminoles. He had nine receptions for 122 yards and three touchdowns. Now, if we're talking about someone who was the entire offense, it would be him. Transferred from Michigan State this year, immediately made an impact. We talked about Shadir Sanders in his first game as a Colorado Buffalo. How about Coleman as his in his first game as Coleman a Florida State Seminole? Like Mike Williams. Yeah. Keon Coleman, man. He was absolutely mossing people. I don't know how tall he is, but man, he's big. He ha- he's got great footwork. He know- he knows how to make make a good move. He was just looking absolutely stellar. 
We also saw a lot of blowouts this first week. And by a lot of blowouts, I mean a lot. And the blowouts were pretty bad when you look at them. <laughs> Oklahoma, number 20, beat Arkansas State 73 to 0. Don't overlook Dylan Gabriel now. Dylan Gabriel could be running for top top 15, top 10 bid for Oklahoma this year. I, I will How say he might be a dark horse as well for Heisman. I mean, we knew he was going to be up there last year and then he got injured, had a turbulent season. Right. So if he can bounce back like he was his last year at UCF, I feel like we could see another good year for Oklahoma. Bo Nix is having fun with Oregon, number 15. They put up the most points this week, 81 to Ooh. 7 against Portland State. You know what? I'm actually really happy for Bo Nix, you know. At Auburn, he was like hated on, you know, they called him no yeah. pigs and stuff. I feel like at Oregon, he just fits in there better. He made yes. it his own team. He's he's looking like Justin Herbert, maybe even a little better than Justin Herbert <laughs> in his Oregon days. Number 22, Ole Miss knocks off Mercer, 73 to 7. And this is where we start to get into the heat of the SEC schedule. Everybody talks about it. Everybody says Georgia and Alabama are always going to be good just because of the schedule they have. And it's not exactly accurate, but there is also not a whole lot of competition in the SEC because of how down those particular programs are. Mercer is a, I'm an opponent. For all the SEC teams, and they just get beat every up year. like this every year, every single year. I don't know why. And Mike Penix and Washington lead the number ten Huskies to a fifty-six nineteen win over Boise State. That was shocking. It was shocking. I mean, they were favored by I think around thirty points. I don't think anybody expected an offensive performance as good as this one. Especially Dylan Morris coming in in the fourth quarter, throwing a touchdown mm. pass. Washington was just firing all cylinders this game, and they looked incredible. Other blowouts that were still notable because, holy cow, these teams scored a lot of points, but pretty much expected. As we mentioned, Alabama, Georgia, they both blew out their opponents. USC, Caleb Williams, them to run up the score. Kansas State, Texas A&M, and Notre Dame. You got to talk about Notre Dame a little. They played in week zero against Navy, won 42-3 in Dublin, Ireland. Just totally embarrassed them. Notre Dame has been looking really hot, and they've been climbing their rankings fast what do you think about this team i'll think of finally put together i really feel like marcus freeman's got the program back in the right direction mm -hmm. hopefully you know first first year under his belt was a little as he fans were asked him to leave but you know what i like his leadership i was really excited for him when he got the job and it's like this year he'll finally put it all together so I'll... yeah i mean we saw last year he had a couple upset losses early in the season and they were out of the rankings very very quickly but they finished their season strong and came back into the rankings. And looks like they're riding that hot streak right into 2023. Mm -hmm. And getting Sam Hartman transfer portal, that was big for them. I feel like he can put it all together. I mean, that's really all you need in cultural a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. And we see that everywhere. Right. Look at Ohio State. You say they're fluttering. Why? If the quarterback played, look at Penn State. We say they're on the boom. Why? Quarterback play. It's real simple college. Good quarterback, good team. Right. Now we're going to talk about some really good stat lines we saw. First, we're going to talk about Connor Weigman, quarterback for Texas A&M. He looked really good. 18 for 236 yards and five passing touchdowns. Texas A&M, obviously, they have been super disappointing under Jimbo Fisher. They went 5-7 and seven last year, but I think this Texas A&M team is just severely overlooked because everybody was talking about Desmond Howard had them going to the playoff last year. They didn't even make a bowl game. 
it was an embarrassing look for him, but you know, it happens sometimes analysts are wrong. And that Texas and M team last year really, really got hit by the injury bug. Almost all their starters were out. I, I remember they had to have a couple of emergency players come in and, and aid with that. So considering that this team is completely healthy now, or will hopefully stay completely healthy, they could be looking to push and potentially make a new year six. I hope they do have the bounce back. I mean, Texas A&M, always used to look at them in the SEC and be like, they're ready to play. You play them, Kyle Field, you're a little nervous, right? I mean, mm-hmm. last year, you went to Kyle Field laughing. <laughs> yeah. DJ Ungalele from Oregon State also had a great game. His first game as a beaver. 20 for 25 with 239 yards and five total touchdowns. Speaking of that, I'm look at Clemson missing their old boy. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about Clemson at the end of this. Oh, why don't we talk about them now? Let's just go, go for ahead. it. Let's go. 28 to 7 against Duke. Clemson, man. Embarrassing. Come on. It looks like Dabo Sweeney's reign against all of college football has finally come to an end. Surprisingly, they're still ranked in week two. They are number 25. That makes zero sense to me. They are just clinging on to that last spot. Zero sense. Yeah. It's, I, I will say that quarterback, Riley Leonard for Duke, is the real deal. Absolutely. Real deal. His rushing game looked phenomenal. He got some wills. He does. He scored a touchdown, too. too. Didn't pass for a touchdown, which is a little bit peculiar, but he did rush for a touchdown, Gosh. which is incredible. Cade Klubnik looked atrocious in his game against Duke. We were all expecting that he would be a dark horse for the Heisman this year with a very strong Clemson team built around him. But the the whole team was just absolutely sloppy. Yeah. And what's baffling is that Clemson was leading in time of possession, total yards, and first downs in that game. It could control the game. I mean, if we're looking at it from a normal fan watching it, if you look at the stats, Clemson won. Absolutely. I mean, we saw it in what? It was the late third quarter, I think, or even four, early fourth quarter. They were at like the seven-yard line of Duke. Mm-hmm. 13-7, they were down by six points. They fumbled the ball trying to run an inside zone hit. And at that moment, I think Duke fans knew they could actually pull. Yeah, it was just, it was such a sloppy game for the Clemson Tigers. It was honestly embarrassing to see them struggle that much. It, it, it's just baffling considering that in this age of college football, we all come to expect teams like Clemson to just be able to compete no matter who they're against. We, we live in a time where a couple, just a couple of years ago, Clemson was dominating the ACC. They were dominating college football world as we know it. Went to a couple of national championships, won a national championship, won two actually. It's just, it's not a Clemson that we're used to seeing. And it's a little bit of shell shock to college football fans to see that they're struggling that much. And back to that, Riley Leonard, I mean, 51% passing. Nothing amazing. Like, we yeah. have nothing amazing. And then you look at his rush yards, and it's 98 yards on eight attempts at a long run of 44. I mean, mm-hmm. if they can use his, his rushing attack against teams, do it. That's the one thing they need to, they need to build on his passing game, though. Yeah, you're right. Against a mediocre Clemson secondary, he couldn't really throw the ball. He didn't have a lot of passing yards. 51% completion, like you said, that's very mediocre. Very mediocre, less than expected, considering we see the top 
quarterback performers missing maybe five passes. I will say, Riley Leonard, find the balance between passing and running. That could be a versatile quarterback. Look for him next year. Absolutely. Ivan Rice. Absolutely. He, he is tearing it up. Duke might actually be in the running for the ACC title now that they've proven them they can knock off Clemson. And it's one of the hardest things to talk about in week one of the season because obviously Clemson was ranked number nine, but we don't really know how reliable that ranking was. We can't say Clemson was the number nine team coming into week one because obviously they weren't. So Duke might beat up on them, but Clemson might go six and six. And as the year progresses, we realize this Clemson win for Duke wasn't that strong of a win after all. Mm -hmm. There's so many unknowns this early in the season. That's why it's so hard to predict things. Trey Harris, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, he went for six receptions, 133 yards, and four touchdowns. Ooh. He got the quadruple crack. He didn't, he didn't just go for a triple one. The man went off. Oh, he he looks scary. That's, that's crazy. Six receptions and four touchdowns. Absolutely. Woo! Give me 33 yards. Give me flashbacks of that. Randy Moss stat, three catches, three touchdowns, like 180 yards. That is crazy. He just went at me crazy. Bucky Irving of the Oregon Ducks also had a, a very good game. Four carries. Four carries. I want Before we even talk about how many yards he had or how many touchdowns he had, he's a running back for Oregon to only carry the ball four times in this game. He had 119 yards and two touchdowns. Let's talk about crazy stat lines. Jeez. Almost 30 yards 30 per yards carry. Per I just did the math. 29.75. 29.75 yards per, per carry. And half of his carries went for touchdowns. I mean, looking at the score, you know, Portland State was incredibly outmatched against Oregon. But to have a stat line like that, it just really puts it into perspective for you how how rough Portland State hey, had it. I want to work on some tackling. Absolutely. It's, it looked embarrassing. A lot of fits going on during team drills. <laughs> yeah. So now that we're at the end of our little stat program here, I want to talk about maybe projecting some winners of conferences. Oh. We're going to start probably with the easiest ones. So let's start with the SEC. What do you think the SEC? In, in, jet, in total. Total. Like SEC championship, who's coming out on top? Me, Georgia. 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 That's what I'm thinking too. I know you were dogging on me a little bit for picking Texas over Alabama next week. A little bit tough. It's at Alabama in Tuscaloosa as a night game. Prime time, Tuscaloosa, lock, kidney, Alabama. At least two touchdowns. That's going to be a tough game for Texas to win. But last year, Alabama won 20 to 19 against Texas. Quinn Ewers got hurt in that. He didn't even play the majority of it. That is true. So if we're trying to look at competitiveness last year, it was a close game. Last year, they had Bryce Young, who was undoubtedly the best quarterback in college football. 2023 Alabama doesn't have that. That is true. Now, they definitely have home field advantage I will here. say, though, that quarterback they have now gives me Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I look at him and I see Lamar Jackson. I have to turn off my screen to get in the way. Absolutely. But he, he's looking he's looking nice. 
what should we go next? Let's go ACC because we've, we've got a couple of contenders here that could shake things up a little bit. You see, I want to say Pitt because I will Pitt? say, I, I watched the Wofford game. Pitt looked like they could be good again. I mean, they had, you know, weren't even that bad last season. They just right. were mid. But this season, I mean, that quarterback looks comfortable. They got playmakers on the outside for receiver-wise. Only question is, again, that defense. They play Wofford. You don't really get to see, well, how well they'll stay. And then give me also Duke. I will say Duke. Pitt, yeah, I say either Pitt, Duke, really, who else would I feel like? Florida State. Florida State, maybe. But, okay, if you ask me, Florida State and LSU are both frauds. Yeah. I will, I will go out there and I'll put that on a little note. Keon Coleman will have to absolutely carry that team on his back with Jordan Travis if they want to do anything. Well, like I said earlier, all you need, all you need in order to succeed in college football is a good quarterback. Right. They have a good quarterback as well as a good playmaker on the outside. Maybe Florida State can get it done. I'm taking Duke with this one. Whoa. <laughs> Duke really impressed me in this first game against Clemson. Like I said, you don't really know how strong that is until you get further into the season. But I think regardless of how bad a Clemson team is, you got Dabo Sweeney. You're going to have five-star players on that team. It's going to be good regardless. Maybe not top 25, but top 30. So 28-7 to win is going to be a good win quality win regardless of what kind of Clemson team you're playing keep on the lookout Duke is at Florida State October 21st oh I'm there time has not been determined yet I'm not actually don't know if we're doing prime time or not maybe we'll see a college game day this game day that would be an interesting game back in and Tallahassee the week after at Pitt two game stretch that could be detrimental to the Florida State Seminoles Listen, do you see them going back-to-back losses on Mac? I feel like down the road for the Pitt game, we'll have to watch Pitt more. Mm -hmm. be able to watch. Because Pitt's one of those teams where at the beginning of the season, they play a bunch of nobodies. They always look good. Right. But then they start playing in the conference, like teams like Miami, some reason they always lose to Miami. But <laughs> you get into these conference games, and they look like the, the, the nobodies. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So we'll see. I definitely feel like the Duke and Florida State game, if they play like they both played last game, I feel like it'll easily be a Florida State win mm -hmm. just because we saw Ravi Leonard not be able to really put the ball in the air as much. Right. I feel like that pass rush for Florida State will just eat him alive. Yeah. Now, here's what I'm going to say. One of those two games, Florida State wins. I don't know which one it will be, especially because we don't know the time, the time of either Florida State, Duke, or Florida State-Pittsburgh. Neither have been determined yet. And the Pitts... The pit game's in Pittsburgh. Pit game is at Pittsburgh. I would then say that's probably their biggest chance to lose. Yep. And I think I think Pittsburgh might not necessarily be a good team this year, but I think they could play a little bit of like maybe like a Purdue in the Big Ten. Like they always give Ohio State a run for their money. That that one year, I think it was 2018, absolutely smoked Ohio State, embarrassed them. I think Pittsburgh could potentially do that in the ACC this year. Maybe not be a good team, maybe collect seven or eight wins, but totally wreck that one big win. Totally wreck a team's chance for the college football yeah. playoff. So speaking of Purdue, we're gonna go to the Big Ten next. Who do you see winning this? Does Michigan have the three peat in their hands? So personally, I have some bias. But I will still stick with Michigan just because I'm gonna overlook that bias. I mean, that O line is always yearly good. That's one of their big 
standpoint. Then you have Blake Corum back there. It's just kind of like you look at that and you're like, dang, like to me, he's not a good back. Mm-hmm. But if you have a good O-line, a good running back has a good O-line. A great running back has a bad O-line. So I feel like Michigan. And then second, well, this year I'm I'm going with Penn State second. Just because of week one performance by Ohio State, I don't think Ohio State is the Ohio. Right. I think I think Ohio State's going to have their first two-loss regular season in a little while. Losing to both Michigan and Penn State. Even though Penn State's at the shoe, I think Penn State could pull off the upset along the road. Can be a very interesting yep. game to watch. I'm also going to take Michigan here, and I also think I think the Big Ten championship game is going to be Michigan Wisconsin. Iowa didn't really prove a whole lot their first week. They were ranked top 25. They dropped right out after week one. I think Wisconsin has sole control over the West, and I think we're going to see them in the Ten Championship. Yeah, I mean everybody loves Iowa, but at the end of the day, they're just mediocre every year. I love them, but they're mediocre every year. Come on, Iowa, let, let's see something this year. We hope, all right, Big 12, I've got a clear-cut winner here. It's got to be K-State. Oh, oh wait, yeah. All right, not in the Big 12, yes. That's next year, my man. I agree with you on that one, then. I was ready to jump the gun on that one. Next year, we're all excited, though. Washington, USC, in Washington, USC, and Oregon in the Big 10 next year, too. Divisions are eradicated. I'll say, though, overlook my hometown team. Some Central Florida Knights. Oh, yeah? They're hey. making a run this year. Hey, John Rice Pumley, he, he's, he's a dog. They could be dangerous. And then finally, in my, in my humble opinion, the strongest conference in college football right now. In their final season, their farewell season, the, the Pac-12. Perfect send-off. Who's winning that? Colorado. 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 Give me it. Lock it wow. In. I'm locking that baby in. So who are they playing? USC? Oh, wait. Who are they playing for the Pac-12? USC. USC, Colorado. But, Colorado but wins it. Caleb Williams will shit the bed. <laughs> the championship game, Shadur Sanders will shine all season and end up second in Heisman voting. Second in Heisman for Sanders. Enix. Okay. So Caleb Williams falls a third. Caleb Williams falls a third after after Pac-12 championship. So I'll ask you as a little end off to what you're saying here. Colorado wins the Pac-12. Obviously, the Pac-12 is the most loaded conference in college football. Does Colorado make the college football playoffs since they won that Pac-12? Oh, that's hard one. That's a hard question. Because if you ask me, the Pac-12 winner is going to at least have one loss. Right. That's why I'm looking at it. They're going to have a loss. That conference is too stacked. They're going to beat each other. Because and then you have to also think SEC could be a team out of the ACC this year. And you also have the Big Ten, which is always sitting with. Big Ten could easily get two teams. teams and, I mean, yeah. Colorado could be like the 2016 Penn State team where they should be in the playoffs. You have them locked in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then they end up fifth somehow. And that could that could possibly happen. We could maybe see something, maybe like a TCU situation. Maybe USC goes undefeated in the regular season, mm-hmm. makes it to the championship game against Colorado, loses to Colorado, Colorado having one loss in the regular season. Maybe it's an ugly loss, maybe not. 
USC still sneaks that fourth spot. Mm-hmm. Colorado end up, ends up fifth. I can see that yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, just because of the popularity contest, they got Caleb Williams, obviously the most popular player in college football. That's true. That he could just have such an edge. Maybe would love to see Caleb Williams in the yeah. playoffs. Let's, let's not lie to ourselves. You know what? Uh, I'm going to take Washington for Pac-12. Oh, wow, that is just like, <laughs> any any answer you give right now, and you're just like you got to dispute with another team. But at the same time, you agree with that. One. Absolutely, just like, holy cow! I do think Washington's gonna have one loss. They're gonna lose to USC, but USC thing is gonna have a couple losses. They might have two, maybe even three losses, just because of how powerful this Pac-12 is this year. I mean, if you're looking at it right now, if you want to be far fetched and have a crazy little Opinion like I do, <laughs> the Pac-12 could single-handedly take four spots in the eyes of those. I mean, that, it's crazy. They like, easily could. Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, Mike Penix, Shitter Sanders, Travis Hunter. <laughs> they could do top five for all we know. Wow. They could go absolutely crazy. It's there's a lot of unknowns left in this college football season, and I, for one, cannot be more excited. To just learn about an amazing this send off of the Pac 12. Absolutely. I think this could be one of the most exciting years I mean, of college football. Could you imagine this. If this was next year, the expanded playoffs? Oh, my goodness. People, that would be so exciting. Oh, my goodness. That, that would be crazy. Then we could see, we could see all of those Pac 12 teams make it into the playoffs. Every single one. Oh, that's going to be beautiful. Please come quicker. Next year is going to be. I mean, if we're this excited about this year, imagine how it's going to be next year. Because then the Pac-12 teams, the really good Pac-12 teams, Oregon, Washington, USC, they're going off to the Big Ten. They're going to play Ohio State. They're going to play Michigan. They're going to play Penn State. They're going to go against a really good Iowa defense. Like, it's just going to get harder for them. Can you imagine USC going up to Beaver Stadium week 10 or something? Snow game? No game. That is just crazy. To Snow game for the Trojans at Beaver Stadium. Whew. Boy, that yeah, would be quite the sight. Going to be a great next couple of years of college football. But I think we are going to end it here. It's been so great to be back on the podcast. Hopefully you guys love Demetrius as the addition. He is going to be the co-host for the ball pit. So we expect a lot more of him. We have some big things potentially happening for the ball pit as well. So please stay tuned for new episodes and we'll see you in the next one.